Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 24. Is there hope for us? Yes, uh, we are going to be looking at Francis and Lisa Chan's chapter five. I believe we're on and there are seven chapters, but I think we'll probably blitz the last two pretty quickly because mm. number seven's the conclusion. But the person speaking to you is Lori Krieg. Hi, and I'm here with my husband, Matt Krieg, and producer Steve, and we are blitzing through this book. It's uh, wrecking us. We just keep telling everyone about it, and so we're going to keep keep rocking it out. Oh, hold on a second. You're Matt and Lori Krieg. Yes. So is this a Blitzkrieg? <laughs> I was going to say it's appropriate that you use the term Blitz a couple I times. Because, I did uh, say that. Yeah. That's a German, or a, yeah, German, yeah, German war strategy that really yeah. caused some havoc on the city of London. So. Well, we can cause some havoc on the darkness of this world. That's right. <laughs> On the upside down. There you go. Um, well, stranger things, we can't get away from it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, uh, is there hope for us? And I really like want to ask that question if you guys have ever asked that in your marriage or in your life. But instead, we're going to go to the question of the week from last week, which is, how are you doing on your word for the year? Um, again, last podcast was a lot about discipleship, which Steve, you've got a relationship with discipleship. Yes. So I, the way I'd answer that question is listen to episode 23. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, seriously, I'd, uh, it's just God is amazing. I mean, yeah. I really, when I, that, that word discipleship, I was thinking, you know, just my own discipleship. How am I as a disciple? Yep. You know, and Matt, you talked about that in the last episode, just yeah. to make disciples. We've got a, the first disciple that I need to work on making is me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I thought. This. Got to work on this body. Sorry. Working on my temple. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the relevant podcast. That? Oh, that was, yeah. Who was oh, okay. just me That's... working on my temple. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I'll throw, throw out. Okay. Yes. But sorry, in seriousness. Right. Yes. No, I mean, it doesn't have to be serious at all. Uh, all I was going to say was um, that it, it's, it's both and, you know, like I thought, okay, this is a year of working on me and Jesus. Yep. Yep. And Jesus is saying, I've got a mission for you. Yes. And that is part of your discipleship. That's it. It's, it's all interconnected, you yep. know? And so mm -hmm. just the, the reaching out beyond myself has, is, is happening quicker than I expected. Yeah. Um, so but also cool. still, you know, not just one or the other. It's mm -hmm. gotta be both. Oh, it's always both. Yeah. It's that, it's that whole, as Jesus said, worry about the speck first, take care of the, yep. well, yeah. First take care of the log in your own eye before yep. worrying about the speck in someone else's that, yeah. You know, if we want to help someone else, we got to yeah. take the logs out of our own eyes. Yeah. Right. Matt, courage is your word, right? How's that going this year? Yeah, it's it's going good, um, I guess. I'm, I feel like it's going pretty well. I'm, I'm in a new spot, got interns for the first time. I'm in like a leadership position at, at, at my counseling office agency that I started. So I've always been in a leadership position, but now I'm leading others mm. also. And so uh, it's it's been really cool to to think that, okay, I've got these people coming in who are finishing their their master's degrees and they're, they're in the final stages of that mm. and feeling like, okay, what do I have to offer? But then in, in conversations with, with them and seeing them interact with clients and being able to be a part of that and Part of the process of even prepping them to work with clients more more fully like it's it's been really cool stepping into that which takes courage because i'm not often like i'm not a demonstrative style leader mm. um but to, to have courage to to just speak and say no i i kind of know what i'm doing mm -hmm. um and here's my insight and i'm offering that to you and and 
Yeah. So it's been cool. I'll give you guys a little ministry marriage update on that because I know when we talked about, so Matt was a counselor for Whole in My Heart Ministries, which was the mothership and Caring Well Counseling was underneath that. And so Matt, for just to be wise in this 2018 world, just dealing with the sexuality conversation from a historically Christian view, we just thought it would be wise. We're advised by some people to separate him on his own. So now he's in his own entity, even though he does a lot of stuff with the ministry, we still speak together a lot and podcast and stuff. But um, it was so funny because one of the reasons that we shifted too is it was hard on our work. It was difficult for our work marriage. And so um, I just remember be a little vulnerable, not that I'm never not, uh, but it, I said, um, man, I just can't get Matt to do anything when I was your boss. Sorry, I'm just saying that. It was hard for me to say something and Matt do it because it was so triggering at so many levels. But then now I'm watching him on his own and it's like he's blooming into this beautiful butterfly. And I'm just so proud of him and impressed with how you're building your 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 business, really, and in a, in a caring facility. So mm-hmm. I'm impressed. It's really great. I'm seeing that courage really like enacted. Mm-hmm. Courageous oh. as a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those guys have to fight hard to get out of that uh, yeah. cocoon. That, yeah. I'm talking about so. my movie of, of terror from oh, last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cocoon. So, yeah. Bring different, it back. Different Trigger. cocoon. Different cocoon. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so my uh, word for the year for 2018 is blessed. And it's just, I'm eye rolling at myself of like hashtag blessed. I don't know why I sense that that was the word. Um I've like wrestled with that word because it's been like, oh, well, then you'll get money and everything will be great. And I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm not to such a great spot yet where I'm even understanding that word. Um, I'm kind of just maybe it's the only thing I'd say is in the midst of growth and hard and suffering in in some ways, I'm I'm learning what's that mean to be blessed even in the midst of that. And so... Um, someone said recently to me that pain and joy are right next to each other. And so, I don't know, I may, I guess I'm seeing that in some ways, like I'm seeing fruit in the midst of like, just that tenacity that you called out in me in the last podcast. So I don't know, I don't have a great update. So why did I ask that question of you guys? <laughs> I guess to be encouraged. <laughs> I mean, God's doing stuff and other people, I can celebrate mm-hmm. that. Okay, so now we will take a vacation from our problems and go to Goofball Island in a muscle car. Which, why a muscle car? So I was like, what is a muscle that car? That is awesome. Yeah. The, the etymology. How do you say that out loud? Etymology. Etymology, yeah. Yeah. So Wikipedia said, according to Muscle Cars, a book written by Peter Hinshaw, a muscle car <laughs> is exactly what the name implies. It's whatever. Like, it was part of the 60s and 70s. And so mm. it's like a car that's got muscles, apparently. I don't know. Whatever. We're a lot on of it. power. A lot of power. There you there, go. Like muscles. Have. Like, 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 you're, like you're working on yourself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just that's why I picked it, Steve. This is for you. It's a shout out. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk oh, tattoos. Um, I've been asked by, about mine just because they have a picture of it on our blog and stuff. But uh, So if you have any tattoos, what is it? What's it mean? And if you were to get one, another one, Steve, do you have any? I don't know this. I do not, except for the scar that I showed you that one night, which oh, yeah, has dirt embedded in it. Graphite. So it's kind of a tattoo. Okay. So if you were to get one, <laughs> would you ever, and what would it be? Okay. So there's a time yeah. that I thought seriously about getting a tattoo. And ironically, I wanted to get a muscle car. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
Wouldn't that have been something? Uh, No, I think I I thought about. um, All right, I'm gonna be real. Get it. Get it. Be real vulnerable. This Mm -hmm. is. I don't know that I've talked about this with anybody but my wife, but uh, I had this vision. Uh, when my kids were getting into their teens, that when they turned 18, I'd get a tattoo, somehow incorporating their name, and they would get a tattoo. We'd go together. It'd be like a bonding Aww. thing. And then, um, you know, as each one got, so then I would end up with, you know, the whole Three. thing, yeah. all four of them. All four, yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm pointing to my bicep. I don't know where I was going to put it. But anyway, and. Um, face. Yeah, right, right on the like face. One of, yeah. A teardrop. No, then if you kill someone, <laughs> that'd be like, uh, anyway, um, and it just, uh, it didn't happen. You know, the, 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 the other side of that equation wasn't super receptive, you yeah. know, and, and that's, Aww. that's parenting in a nutshell. You know, you've got your dreams <laughs> and they don't play along uh, yeah. a lot of times. So and, you're telling me you want me to get a dad tattoo. Well, yeah, yeah. I think probably, you know, like what yeah. 18 year old guy. You know, like I want to get a tattoo, but I want to get my own tattoo. I'm my yeah. own man. I mean, that's, you know, that makes sense anyway. Um, and so now I'm at the age I'm at. I'm like, I have no interest in getting a tattoo. If yeah. I was going to get one, I would have gotten it by now. Yeah. And, and that might change maybe, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm oh. totally at peace with no tattoos except for my scar on my arm. Yeah. yeah. I like that story though, mm. even though it's a difficult one. Um I have a tattoo. Matt and I have matching tattoos. I think we talked about this maybe an early episode. And so we have matching words on our arms, which is Nikao. It's how you say it. V-I-K-A-W, which is a Greek word for victorious. And it comes from, I think it's Pergamum and Thyatira that um, Jesus says, hey, you guys, you're doing some great things. This is in Revelation Mm -hmm. 2 and 3. And he's like, but I have this one thing against you. You guys are... Um, you allow sexual sin in your church and uh, in, in, in your group. And so it really kind of refers to our calling, which is really like, hey, guys, this is not what God calls us to. And he says, for those of you who are withstand and you keep moving, you will be victorious. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a new name. And so that Nikeo word. And he keeps mm-hmm. saying that over and over, like just victorious. Um, and so mine has swords surrounding it and a vict- victory wreath with like some of my favorite flowers. Um, and so the swords are kind of like some of my calling as well, which is to speak what's truth with grace. And Matt has a shield, which is a lot, I don't know, just what's been spoken over him. And I see that even increasingly in our marriage, just like how you are a shield, like, Hey, maybe that's not so great. Like which when mm-hmm. I'm tempted to do things that are like work too much as we're talking about that. Um, and so I appreciate that about you. And just like you're covering a protection even over our family. Also, we got it when our marriage was in a rough spot after Matt came forward with his pornography addiction. I This was the main reason we got him. I never had any interest. And I like looked down at my ring and I was like, this is worthless. You've been you know, lying to me for six years. I was like, I need a new symbol of our connection. And so this has been, in addition to our calling and our ministry and our vocation, it's been such a, a bonding symbol for us. Wow. So would you story. Get, so would Thanks. you get another one? I like want a full sleeve now. I mean, I like wanted zero. And now I'm like, I'm pretty sure I need all the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all the tattoos you have. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I would do it. It's hard because I like speak in some like conservative churches and stuff. And I'm like, but it'd be 
pretty fun and real expensive. But mm-hmm. I'm going to do a race and I'm thinking of getting with some of my friends. And I was like, okay, what can we do to like match each other? And I'm thinking not real tattoos, but like stick on tattoos and do like, I don't know, Daniel Tiger, which is a kid's show and whatever we can find versus maybe but whatever butterflies yeah. <laughs> do the full sleeve and be the tattoo 10 K mm-hmm. team. All right. It's lame. Matt, your turn. <laughs> um, well, I, obviously I have the tattoo that um, we got together. Um, I don't really have an, the, the tattoo that I have, like my shield has a, a, a cross and a Trinity symbol on it, which was actually something that I designed when I was 18. Hmm. And it literally sat there and ruminated for 10 years. Um, and given that I was still like kind of desirous of it, I'm like, okay, I think I can pull the trigger, but it, it would take a lot. And like, I feel like anything that I permanently ink on my body has to have some, oh, some extreme meaning yeah. to me. Yeah. And so at this point I don't have anything new that I would, I would want to do, but I might want to do like a, a touch up of the tattoo that I have and maybe add some color yeah. to it and like some, some green or blue or, or something on it, as opposed to just the black and white, like flat image of the shield and everything. Mm-hmm. And so that would probably be what I would add if I was to add anything. I want to add two to this conversation is my name is Lori and it means victorious and our last name speaking of blitz uh krieg means war and i don't know i just think about how my name means victorious warrior and i just felt like i needed to say like i don't know people listening sometimes it's really profound to look up what your name means and like just how god is gonna give us a new name and like maybe if you don't like what it means like god what's a name how would you name me um Cause that's been really profound for me when I forget or I lose my way. And it's like, Lori, you are a victorious warrior, like stand up soldier. Um, anyway, I just feel like I need to say mm. that. That's awesome. Okay. So now we are taking our muscle car back to the shop. Or, our 67 know. Corvette Stingray T-tops. <laughs> I'm like, we're 24 episodes in and I'm still not sick of Goofball Island or yeah. all of the adventures that it ensues. Um, so once we like get, I don't know what it'll be like episode 100, we'll be like, I don't know. Just go. <laughs> Shut up. We're just walking. Be funny. I, you know, I think it is a great, uh, almost like mental exercise to come yeah. up with a unique, creative mode of transport yes you know so you're just at least keeping that like your creative juices going yeah so, thank you good job. i appreciate that affirmation yeah. thank you <laughs> okay so we are in chapter five and again is there hope for us and that really um rang in my heart because i i've said that this year and we'll we'll get into that in a couple minutes um just like feeling hopeless mm-hmm. to be honest with you um so I'll set the stage for the chapter. So he doesn't even necessarily talk about here's practical ways to make your marriage work. It's like, what is the hope we all have? And he begins with heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks about like screaming. It's like all caps. And he's like, I can't wait to see my hu- my husband, my wife and my kids and be like, in heaven oh my goodness can you believe it this is i told you it was going to be this amazing and i have like chills even Mm -hmm. saying it just thinking about this and by the way one of my friends who just saw francis chan she went to one thing at ihop the international house of prayer and she's he's still on this like heaven rant so i hope when we go stalk him on march (laughs) one that we'll hear some of this but you know how he talks about like how like the cherubim they're all the time singing his praises. And he talks about this in the book, like we need to be at least spending some of our time just thinking about it. And then another guy, I guess, who was there said, come on, how many of you have actually felt bad for the cherubim and seraphim who have to sing (laughs) praises to God all day? 
Right? I'm raising my hand. I know. Yes. I, I mean, know. do they work that sounds real boring. Like, yeah, tap like, out oh, at some my point. Word, like, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Your turn. It's, you know, Praise. I, for real. You yeah. kind of like eye roll. And Around so, the clock. Yep. But it's like, he's like, no, they want to. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. incomprehensible to me, even sitting right here. But I love hearing a human, Francis, be like, no, like, I can't wait for that. So he says, start with heaven and work backward. He said, picture yourself standing before God at the moment of your death. Looking back at your time on earth at that moment, what will you regret? What will you cherish? Now, what would your life be like if you made your decisions on that basis? So he thinks that we need to do everything based on hindsight. And um, so I I just like that perspective. That was my mm-hmm. favorite part. Mm. Yeah, I think it. he comes back again to something that I've appreciated, you know, through the book, you know, to this point, which is use your imagination. Yeah. Like visualize this. Yes. Open up the last two chapters of Revelation. Uh-huh. Take your time with it and visualize it. I mean, he really engages our, you know, spiritual imagination. Love it. And I think that that is huge in motivating our our, you know, our actions, our behaviors and even our our thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think there was I think it was this chapter. Can't remember if it was this one or the last one where he he poses the challenge to to actually pray about thing only about things that are eternal as opposed mm. to the finite things of this world and mm. I mean I, I actually tried that for for like two minutes and it was really hard it yes. was really difficult to not just, I did too. just keep sliding our focus yes. back into oh hey God help me with this thing yeah. oh shoot sorry hey right. you know and right. so to go back to like what do I even know of that's eternal other than God help me to love you more profoundly and to understand your love for me more profoundly? I'm like, okay, I lasted 15 seconds with what I know of eternity. And mm. uh, I've got another couple millennia to think of things, I guess. Mm. So, um, yeah, So, but it was hard to to really sit there in that eternal perspective well, I just wanted to add to back to what you were saying, Steve. Um, but uh, I'm reading. Well, I just read a part of this book by R.A. Tori, and it's like the five benefits of prayer. And he says, really, when we aren't using our imagination when we pray, like how many times do we just pray and start talking to a wall, or mm. like you're like I'm saying sentences that sound nice, but to like really envision God, and he's like we're really taking the name of God in vain while we imagine we are praying to Him. So if we're mm. not saying that we're doing it, and he said we should never utter one syllable of prayer, either in public or in private, until we are definitely conscious that we have come into the presence of God and we are actually praying to Him. Mm. That's I'm like yeah I, I didn't think about it. like we're taking God's name in vain because we're like dear yeah. God thanks for the things huh. bye. Mm. Uh, but to like actually visualize is not an unholy thing to use the imagination yeah. God gave us, but to actually use it, which is again to think on these yeah. eternal things is mm-hmm. giant. Yeah. So to think about these eternal things, that that was one of the pieces that really stuck out to me, where he says we need to focus our our mindset not just on this world, but on especially on the reward that yeah. we will get the war, the reward that we'll receive. And I mean, and kind of like him where he said, I felt like that was a little off. Like I shouldn't be doing that. Right. Like, because then it's like, if I'm just doing what I'm doing in order to then have a reward in heaven, am I being, am I just being a selfish person? Right. And, and so, you know, it just feels awkward to be like treasures in heaven. Yay. You know, <laughs> and to, to almost have like the, the 401k of the heavens 401k <laughs> on my mind. And, and right. it's like, obviously that's not, 
the entirety of why we're doing things because it's I, I don't know if it's legitimately going to be like oh here's your bank account in heaven my guess is it won't be <laughs> right. because we won't have need for money and the reward that we have though is is this just incredible relationship with god you know i i believe we'll still have our bodies will still have purpose in heaven. I don't know if that entire purpose will be like being like the cherubim where they're singing his praises, but I'm sure that our hearts will be singing his praises all the time. And, but I mean, will we still be doing things with our hands? Will there still be like artists and, and people who are, hmm. you know, building things and cultivating fields? Like, is there going to be food? I don't, I, I have no idea, hmm. but whatever it is that we have, it's going to be this extremely joyful state. And that's incredibly helpful for me. Um, you know, and we're going to get a little bit real here for a second. Well, for probably more than a second, because, you know, the Laurie had mentioned that the last, the last year and a half or so has been very hard. And if my mind, if my focus stays on just our finite world, our current state, there's not a lot of hope because I mean, well, a, a few years year and a half ago, you know, after our second daughter was born, um, there were, there were some things that, that were coming up in our marriage where I would walk into the room and it was like, Lori would want to gouge my eyes out type of, that's what it felt like. And the reason Um, for this, and I'll let you continue from the best I can figure is, and I, I blogged about this when, when Juliet, our second born was born, I just thought it was really like a lot of post- partum anxiety, which I'm sure that was some of it. Um, and cause I got real, like, I just couldn't even leave the house. I was like afraid of everything. And, um, this was like when the ministry was really building and doing everything. And, and I was, I was in so much fear, but I noticed that in certain places I would just start having a full blown panic attack, like mm-hmm. weeping, couldn't breathe. And especially when Matt came in the room. And mm-hmm. so the best I can figure is when I was young, which was actually our firstborn daughter's age and my little brother was born. So kind of a similar scenario to what happened in our real life. Um, I, something happened and I, the most I remember is it was probably another stranger. So this is my fourth issue of assault that I have dealt with in a different age, a different person, different scenarios. And it has been an excruciatingly painful year and a half to have, um, and I wrote a couple blogs ago about chronic soul pain, and, and I was pretty ambiguous when I talked about it, and I got a little bit more clear in the last post um, when I said, like, just dealing with assault, but it has affected us so deeply, and mm-hmm. um, to the point, yeah, there were some times over a year ago and I couldn't hardly be in the same room as Matt without him triggering me. And um, by that, I mean, like he would just remind me of whoever this person was, even though I couldn't even see his face. Like um, it, it was like the little girl inside of me was like, get away, like don't hurt me. And mm-hmm. this extremely affected our our physical life and our ability to be close and, and even just like our just intimacy, being able to talk and like Mm -hmm. be at this real level because I was like wrestling with everything and I called it my crazy brain. And so I've, I've been in and and out of some counseling. And so it's, here's the thing. And so you guys know my story. Then I struggle with these attractions and 
I'm just telling you, Satan has tried to have just a heyday. And there's been I've like no porn, no secret relationship. There's nothing that's happening underneath the surface other than it's just the enemy trying to rip us mm-hmm. to shreds. And um, it's been really hard to mm-hmm. have this. And then <laughs> the beauty of it and maybe the hashtag blessing part of it is God is having me experience stuff in real time. So when I am ministering and trying to walk with LGBT people who have gone through trauma or people who've gone through trauma or wrestling with sexuality or wrestling with their marriages, this isn't even like, a oh, well, 10 years ago, God rescued me. He's like, I want you to walk through this right now, Lori. I want you to walk through this pain right now so that you can walk with people. And it's, it's authentic to not yeah. just a decade ago, but now. And even like the journey of finding a counselor and um, how difficult that is. But that has reignited my own like passion for being like, man, guys, this Caring Well conference that we did and these workshops that we're starting to put on, like I am not just past tense passionate now about we need to be equipped to walk with people who are broken. Like we cannot keep hiding because we had you and I, hid so even though we're coming out to y'all right now um if we had hid from our friends and in some people in those moments when we've looked across the kitchen table at each other and been like is there hope for us had we isolated uh, there would not have been hope for us and so i'm extremely grateful for people and it's not even that we're even on the other side of it so i was like really hesitant to talk about it um but matt i'd love if you can just share even some of like how this has affected you and what God's been teaching mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously out of this, you, you said this inability to, to connect, especially in a physical way um, that, that really caused me to start walking down the path of, of figuring out, okay, God, this isn't, this is not a place where I'm going to, be quoting first Corinthians seven and saying, you know, do not withhold from one another. Mm. Cause I'm like, you're, you're not withholding. Yeah. You are terrified. Yeah. And, and, and so like trying to go on this journey of what does the Bible say about sexuality and, and where it needs to be enacted and, and not necessarily, and doesn't need to be enacted. What, what is the purpose of it? And, and for me, you know, it, it came down to this fact and, even over the last year as I've been trying to like give God full reign over this area of my life and trying to encourage you to go into counseling because here I am as a counselor yet I can't even approach you yeah, because I am the trigger. I'm the trigger point. And, and so as much as I'm like, I want to help you, I'm, I'm too close. Yeah, and so feeling completely powerless to make any change, to to even be a part of the change that, or hopefully the healing that is is occurring in your life. And I know that I am a part of it, and in those moments. But when you are triggered, I mean, there is almost nothing I can do because I'm a jaguar. Well, and and in that moment, I'm not counselor husband. No, who who you know loves you and yeah. is is really trying to to be as helpful as I possibly can be to you. I, I become your assailant right. in your mind. And and so I can't be the one to work on that. And so in this state of powerlessness, that's where the lack of hope sets in. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I don't know how to make this change. I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. And But it's in that place that, that God has been working on me. Because I'm like, okay, well, I can turn to porn, but I know where that leads. 
I, and I don't want to go there. And that wouldn't change anything. That wouldn't fix anything. That would make it so much worse. Yeah. And, and so rather than going there being like, okay, God, if I, if I, well, let's just say it bluntly, if sex is not happening in our marriage right now, based on the trauma and everything that, that we're trying to deal with as a, as a couple, like, what am I supposed to do with, you know, my own desires with, with my own, you know, just, I, I, and I can't even call them physical needs anymore because they're not, if you're called to singleness, you're called to not have sex. So as a married person, I am there. I do not have a right to sex within my marriage. And that's been a hard journey for me to, Mm -hmm. to really come to understand that and to not necessarily be bitter about it because when francis is talking in this book about you know the by focusing on what we are getting in heaven like the reward that we will receive there's a section that i highlighted very boldly that says it takes the attention off our sacrifice Mm. it places it in his generosity eternity Mm. will not be about look at what i sacrificed god it'll be about look what he gave me Mm. And, you know, I could very easily in my prayer life go to God and be like, look what I'm sacrificing. And believe me, I've been there in my prayers and God's like, really? You know, in a sense, like, really? That's the sacrifice that, that you've had to, to go a year without having that type of sexual fulfillment? And it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds a little um, terrible. Sorry, God. You know, and, and so, but it, but there is a sense that, I mean, if it wasn't for this hardship, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be pursuing this. I wouldn't be learning this at all. You know, so coming into this year with my word being courage, you know, I'm, I, I kind of asked God, our church went through a season of, of fasting and still is in a season of fasting and asking God, okay, what am I supposed to fast from? And the answer that God gave me was, I need you to fast from your desire for sex, mm. which I'm like, how in the world do I do that? And so rather than, you know, if, if we're going to bed and we're laying there and if I'm feeling like a little deflated because I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling like, you know, all these things, rather than just sitting there and, and from a, an earthly perspective being like, look at my loss, look at my loss, look at my loss, I'm, I'm trying to go to God and say, okay, God, um, you, you have a, a reason for this, you have something that you're doing. And so even, even just praying into God, teach me what this is all about. Teach me to, to love you. And I, and in this fasting, I thought I was going to be doing a lot of praying for you, Lori. Um, but it very quickly turned into a lot of praying for my own heart to, to change, to be more aligned to what God wants. And I, I, I won't say that it's not hard. That there, that there's no desire to be close to you physically, but I feel like it has shifted quite a bit. It's not as like all-consuming almost as it used to be, mm. and and the thing that I desire more so is this closeness with you spiritually, yeah. and 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 honestly, just truly friendship. Yeah, because I can go without physical sex. Yeah. It's a lot harder to go without friendship yeah. in a marriage. And, and, but even that, I'm like, I, I can't 
make that the place where my hope hangs mm. because I know there are times when it's hard even to be friends because of the the assault that you're currently processing. And so as much as I can, I'm like trying to extend grace to mm-hmm. you, but then not even just extend grace to like, to truly love you in it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so <laughs> I'm sitting here mm-hmm. listening to you guys and I just feel honored to be in your presence. Um, yeah. I mean that, uh, you just don't hear this. Yeah. Even in small groups and mm-hmm. in, you know, among close friends, you just mm-hmm. don't hear this. So thank you guys for your authenticity, yeah. your willingness to open this up because I, I know that this is not uncommon yeah. mm-hmm. and no, yet it's, it's not. not talked about. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I just am wondering if, if you, Lori, or either of you, have you encountered insensitive people who have tried to fix or Mm -hmm. given you platitudes or like Mm -hmm. help us know how to love you well and, and, and pace with you walk through something like this with someone like you. Thank you. You guys as a Mm -hmm. couple. That's really kind and a thoughtful question. So we've kept it like pretty quiet, obviously, like, and you know, it's, it would be hard for me because we, our authenticity piece is such a critical part of the um the ministry and but i knew until today like honestly for first major talking about it is i needed to keep it quiet and so i've been really grateful for the friends with whom like i've shared and they've a lot of them it um it's just kind of like like job's friends how they just like sat with him and were quiet and um man this is hard and crying with us and and praying with us, and um, that's been really sweet. Just the like the sweetness that comes with, I guess, kind of group lament. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like a man. This is really terrible. And I think there's some of that that I'm seeing in the culture, like with man, all the assaults, the whole Me Too movement. Just as someone who's walking it, and then watching people, and then. I think what pains me is watching people rally for this sense of like rage Mm. and like, let's go burn the men down and let's go kill. Like, it just feels like this like tumultuous rage. And I'm sitting here and being like, I know I don't have all the, like, I don't have the magic genie to Mm -hmm. help. Like, I don't know the magic prayer to pray. I've got nothing. Um, but I, I do know that that's going to just lead to death. Like anger, justice, absolutely. Righteous anger, absolutely. But you don't live there in mm-hmm. in vengeance. Vengeance is mine, the Lord says. I will repay. So that's a piece that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, just for people, like how to journey alongside, you know, as these people are coming forward with me too and as wives, like I know it's like at least it's probably a quarter women. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are married or in relationship and are and men, like, oh, my word, so many men. And um, we can't forget that piece of it and that affects marriages. So I, I've been appreciative of how people have been tender. I will say, though, like even last night we're talking and, and I am so hungering for that right button to push that it feels like this right now and maybe you guys have some thoughts but as i look at god this god i love and have served and i just am like god 
feels like you have the answer. Like I'm carrying this wound with me. And I have like all my like tricks I know to like go back and go with Jesus. Haven't haven't resolved it the way I've wanted to. And even you hear Matt right now, he's freaking amazing. Like what you hear on the podcast is that times a hundred. And I know I'm the best of anyone. And um, he's not making a lick up. And so you would think like, man, wouldn't that just draw you to him? You'd want to be close to him. And I'm like, I look inside and I think I know. And so I'm trying to remove that shame of like, Lord, you've got to be better. But right now I am, I feel like looking at God and being like, Lord, why are you withholding from me this answer to my pain? Like, why are you letting me suffer for so long? And I guess like what you're saying, Matt, like, you know, this, is it really that bad? Like I could be no food in a corner, you know, like living in Africa and dirt, but right now it feels very heavy. And I feel like I I journaled it this morning, talk about getting real and right now, but I was like, man, it feels like Pilgrim's progress, you know, like with Christian and how he has this burden he's carrying around and he wants to, the main character, he gets to roll it off on Jesus. I'm like, when do I get to roll this off on you? At what point? Do I get to do that? And and so I don't have an answer for myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always have the answer. Well, and I honestly don't know if the thing that you are trying to roll off is the right thing. Huh. Um, because I know, like you say like this question, well, doesn't that draw you to him? And I, I know it actually does because you say, when I'm not there, you miss me. That's true. Like, but you know, when there's a shark in the water, you're not thinking about missing your friend. You're being like, holy cow, there's a shark in the water. (laughs) Like I need to not get eaten. Hmm. And, and so the, the fact that I am, you know, the object that, that triggers you is not going to really let you live out of truth because you're, you're, you're living out of fear because you're fearful because of what happened to you. And, uh, and I, I can't speak for God because I don't know the answer. But I, I honestly think that if there is one thing that I would I would like to see you be able to roll off, it's not it's not the inability to connect with me physically. It's it's your own need to be perfect. Mm-hmm perfectionism is is something that i mean that is that's a struggle of yours and that's that that can be a struggle of a lot of people's and the fact that under your own power you cannot paint yourself as the picture perfect like wife right now you know and so taking this away would would allow you to be perfect wife again yeah and and but then ultimately what would come along to have you roll the perfectionism off. And, and so I, and I, I don't know if this is resonating with you at yeah, all, but it is. I, I feel like God might not take this away quite yet, not because he's withholding from you, but because he wants something else to happen first. Yeah. And hmm. I love you dearly and I can hold on. Like this, you know, the, that's the, that's the thing with the Francis Chan talk. And I, my hope is not in you. My hope is not in having a physical relationship with you. Yeah. You know, my, my hope is in Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah. And as much like the, the pressure that you feel, that is something that if I could, I would, I would physically remove it from your shoulders mm. because they're, just because we said I do doesn't mean I have a right to sex. And, and I know that that's something that, let's face it, you don't hear that. Mm-mm. And in this, I feel closer to God, which, hey, if marriage is about mm-hmm. sanctification, then, mm-hmm. then you're doing your job. You know, and not because it's you, but God is doing something in us. And and I will say too, what was profound a couple nights ago when we were talking and you said, we are better friends and our hearts are closer now with this inability to connect physically than when we were able to, mm-hmm. which that in of itself is like really profound because it's true. Like when you're gone, I miss you. And when you get home, like sometimes there is that battle where I'm just like in this storm. I'm like, what's true? Who is he? I don't know where I am right now. And that's hard. And you're right. And that's the moment that the perfectionism comes in because then also shame. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. why can't you? What's wrong with you? Why can't you go up to him and kiss him? Other people can. You're wrong. Why can't you just love him? He's mad. He's the one dude that you did want to marry. And now it's like, God's like, nope, you don't even get to say that, Lori. Like you, I want, and I, it's maybe where God's taking me. It probably is, is he wants my heart connected more to his. And maybe, Mm -hmm. can I still love him even if it is this pain? for ongoingly so mm-hmm. and will i still love and still serve and still link hands with you as we serve god and link hands with the church so i'm sure as i'm watching your example of a pursuit of christ can i do the same and go to a new level with him mm-hmm. and if that's the case then that is worth it and that's probably why this book has like wrecked us so much because it's not like marriage advice about you know, like sex positions or all these things. That's just not helpful. Like, that's not helpful right now. But to be like, hey, guys, you're actually doing a lot right. You're actually doing a lot right to pursue the kingdom and love your kids, love each other, love people, and keep moving. That's super encouraging in these places. So I guess to go back to you, Steve, it's like that. Yeah. Is to call out like the beauty in, in what we see and what we can see in each other. And man, if we could do this in our small groups, which gratefully actually have a killer small group where we can do this, but if we could more so like to be like, hey, this is where we're at. I think, mm, I just wonder how much divorce would decrease if yeah. we were able to in, not even once we're like the papers are ready, but before the paper and the papers are not even on the table yet, we're going through pain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here in my mm-hmm. <laughs> weepy state. Well, I think getting back to, you know, hope. Yes. The the theme of this chapter. Yes. There's redemption. You know, it's great when we have these stories that we look back on and look how God redeemed this situation. Yeah. But to have hope and to really trust him because he's trustworthy. That was a big theme in this chapter too. Mm-hmm. He yes. is trustworthy yep. to know that redemption is God's business. You know, and so we do have a hope and we're, we're in the middle of that process of redemption. And so we can't really see it, but like living in the hindsight of our imagination, knowing we are going to get to the other side of this, even if it's, you know, in heaven Mm -hmm. and we're going to look back and see the amazing redemption that God was 
at work on, you know, through that situation. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let it be so. I just Mm -hmm. feel like I hear things like that. I'm like, okay, God. Okay. So I think we're done here. <laughs> Going to go cry it all out. Um, but oh, were you going to say something? Well, I I don't I don't know how how this I mean this conversation that we're having is going to touch people or, or or maybe even cause people to be like, well, see, you're supposed to not be married. You're doing stupid things like or just demand it, it is yeah. a right. I, I guess my my only thought is like, look, the focus isn't on sex. It can't be. If, if that's What's the focus of what of, of life <laughs> of like, I mean, this culture, our, our culture says mm-hmm. sex is the focus of life. Yeah. And while, while sex is yes, necessary to keep life going, you know, procreation and stuff like that, like that is not the focus of our life. That is not the focus of our marriage. And if, if God says there won't be sex in heaven, I can't demand it here on earth. Hmm. And, and, so if you're out there and you feel like the person you're in a relationship with is demanding sex from you, that is not a right that they have, be it boyfriend, girlfriend, coworker, boss, or spouse. How do you respond to the people, though, who say, like, well, you're supposed to submit each, each person is, like, you're supposed to give your body to your spouse when you get married? You're, yes, that is a command, but that doesn't give them the right to demand because their only focus should be on giving their body to you, which sometimes could mean their tongue, sometimes could mean their heart and their mind and their focus and their attention. Like we never get to demand anything from one another. Living out of love means you focus on the other, on their needs as greater than yours not on you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's just, I will scratch yours. What what do you think about this? The only one deserving of my body is God. And Mm -hmm. even he doesn't demand it. There it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's an offering. And if if marriage and sex, and I'm like doing this, big study now of, cause I'm like, I want to be able to get wrap my mind around why God made us sexual, why God make us marriage, Mike marriage, why all these things. Like I am voraciously studying it because I don't just do things to do them. And right now I'm in this place where I can and I need to study. But if, if sex in marriage is supposed to be a picture of the oneness that God wants to have with us in that. What did he do? How did he picture? How did he show us his love? He came as a servant and died. He didn't come down as a king. He didn't come down as a tyrant. He didn't demand that we love him and serve him. And you give me you. He came as the lowest of the low and said, here I am actually, I love you so much. I'm actually going to die for you. And that I think is what I'm envisioning in Matt. Mm -hmm. And I can't get out of my weepy state, but sorry, all you have to do with it. But that's what I'm seeing in Matt. And, and that's what Francis calls out. He says, I want when my wife looks at me to see Jesus and more than ever, happy anniversary, by the way, it's February 7th, uh, more than ever. Um, I see that in Matt and his being like, this is not a demand. I will. And this was a guy 
Matt Krieg was a guy who was addicted to sex, addicted to pornography, and in some ways did use me. And in some ways, not like he never raped me. There's nothing like that. But it was just kind of like what couples do. It's just, I mean, this is what you do. And the assumption. The assumption mm-hmm. is you, this is you, you give each other your life, whatever, out your body. And so to go from that to, nope, I'm totally done with that. I'm submitting myself to Christ. And then over the last year, not God sustained me each day was his prayer. Mm. To this January, no, God, I want to even not even focus on don't eat that cake. I want to focus on, no, I, I want you. My hunger is for you. My fast makes me hungry for you. And my heart wants to commit to Lori. So as someone who's been assaulted, who has been stolen from so many times, to have a man, the one man she trusted, to have him say, I would rather connect to your heart and be your friend than anything else. That is profound because that's what Jesus says. I don't want your mouth. I don't want to just have your body. I want your heart. And I do, I do want all of you, but I want, I, with my hands open, (laughs) receiving. So I think that's right on, Steve. Okay. (laughs) This is a big podcast. Want me to do question of the week? Yeah, go for it. Well, I mean, I feel like the theme of this chapter and even of our talk has been hope. And, um, so we know we have a hope. We can count on that, um, in the new heaven and new earth. But what is something that you are hopeful for before then? Yeah. You know, pre heaven, what are you hopeful for maybe in the days to come or for, you know, uh, some years from now, but in this life. Yep. Good. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks so much for listening and any encouraging words. If you listen that you want to send after this very vulnerable podcast, we'd really appreciate it. Um, but just we see you if you can relate at whatever level we just want you to know that we see you and we care and even though we're we're wounded healers as well like however we can come alongside you to just yeah say me too but also like we're with you you matter and we're with you so yeah for all of us here at the whole in my heart podcast we will see you next time Hey, thanks again for listening to today's episode. We hope that it was really a reminder that the gospel really is good news for everybody every day. You know, there's a variety of places where people can listen to this podcast. There's the TuneIn app, uh, there's Google Play, and there's Apple Podcasts, where if you subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode, we hope you'll also leave a review. Uh, That really helps us reach a lot more people. If you're looking for counseling services, uh, you can visit Matt's website, caringwell.org. And of course, you can follow Lori at himhministries.com. We'll see you next week.